good morning again. If it's your first time, we are glad that you're here. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, a couple quick things before we actually even get to the message. Um, one of the things that JD mentioned, um, we have got all of our kids stuff starting back next week. Super excited about that. If you haven't seen the kids area, go check it out. Um, but, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do as I say, not as I do. Um, but nursery-wise, the nursery will be open the entire time. So if you've got like a little and you're like, oh, do I bring them in here? No, the nursery, go ahead and get them checked in and take them to the nursery. Um, the other thing, if anyone, um, because we're just kind of big family here, um, if anyone got an email from me this week asking discreetly for an Amazon gift card, disregard that. Um, my church email got hacked for like the third time um, since I've been here. There's apparently something that can auto-generate pastors' names and email addresses in the Abilene, and several of us had that happen. Um, so, no, I don't need an Amazon gift card um, unless you just really want to. So, I had people asking this morning, J.D. was like, hey, what was that about? <laughs> Part of me was like, yeah, make it 100 bucks. No, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, if you're kind of new with us, uh, we have been walking for the last several, several months through what we call the greatest sermon, and that's just the Sermon on the Mount, longest red letter section in Scripture, and really looking forward to today because this section means a lot, and at the same time, if we're not careful, it can, it can be weird to read a little bit, um, and here's how I kind of want to set this up. Like, when you were growing up, um, depending on the disposition of, like, your parents or your grandparents, that dictated how you asked certain questions, right? Like maybe when you were growing up, your grandma was just super, super sweet. Like she was one of those people that would just dote on you and she spoiled you. Um, but maybe like for me growing up, like my granddaddy, um, he wasn't crotchety. Um, he was just old and grizzled is how I'd put it. Um, you ask a certain way because you knew you were only going to get so much. Like you didn't ask granddaddy for what you wanted at McDonald's because he was just going to order for you because that's what he did. Um, and depending on how people are wired kind of dictates how we ask a question. Like years ago, I worked in student ministry, and I had a pastor that told me, hey, you're doing baptisms on Wednesday night. I don't want that anymore. I only want them on Sunday morning where everybody can see it, which was kind of weird because our baptisms dropped. We had a lot of kids that only came on Wednesday. So skip forward a couple years, and I was at another church, and I was kind of the lead guy, and I wanted to do baptisms as part of our Wednesday night service. So I went to my pastor, and... Uh, I didn't have a PowerPoint ready, but I had it in my head. Like, I literally had tons of information and statistics and data and all this kind of stuff of why we need to do this on Wednesday night because I felt like I was going to have to convince him of that. And so I sat down, and I started to talk, and about 10 seconds in, he goes, yeah, that sounds good, just do it. And I, at first I was like, okay, I got a yes, but I got all this other stuff I want to talk about. Like, do I keep going? No, just, just go with the yes. Like, I was so prepared to... to <laughs> give him all that info because I was experienced with, hey, you're going to have to do that. And sometimes, like, the way that we approach people, especially when it comes to the way we approach God, sometimes we approach God almost like this distant parent, or we approach him like he's going to be angry that we would ask something. And we forget that we have a gowering down and just like he's going to smite us, but sometimes that's the way we view God. Sometimes we have a lot of dad issues and we have a lot of things that we bring into that, but Jesus is going to address that today. And he's going to talk about, hey, when you come to my father, you don't come cowering down. You ask, like you pray, like today's message is actually about prayer. Weeks ago, we talked about the prayer example that Jesus gave. And really, he's going to go back to that. Prayer is such an importance that twice it makes its way into this sermon that Jesus gives. 
And so today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 7. We're going to go through verse 11. It says this. It says, ask and, you will be, uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and to the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask of him? Now, as we kind of get into this, I want to I try and explain what this doesn't mean. Because sometimes when you read it at face value, you get this really weird vision of God. And here's what I mean by that. Um, prayer does not make God a genie. Um, when you just read that, if, like, if you read it and says, ask and it will be given to you. Some people want to stop right there. That sounds awesome, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Like if you read it at face value, God is just going to give you whatever you ask. And if that were the case this entire room would look different, right? Like the entire room, everything would look different because you have asked things that God said no to. Like your spouse would look different. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Mine's over here. But if that was the case, she'd have a different name. Because when I was in seventh grade, there was a senior in high school. And that senior in high school got a lot of prayers. God, let her just notice me. Like let her, let her see that I exist in real life. Like your spouse would look different. If that were the case, if we read that and it was just asking it will be given to you, I would be taller. That's a reality. I prayed that a lot. Like, if you're in the back, don't let the distance um, throw you off. I'm vertically challenged. Like, I was this tall as a freshman in high school, and I really thought I'm going to keep growing, and I prayed about that a lot, and God went, mm, not the case. Um, so that would be different. Like, your occupation would be different because as a child, I prayed, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? A superhero. And then we didn't even have all the Marvel movies then. Like, my kids would definitely be praying that. Like, your life, your entire existence would look different if we just simply said, okay, this is exactly what it means. Ask, and it will be given to you. And at the same time, we have to watch something. Because sometimes you read stuff in Scripture and go, well, that's not real then. Because if you read, ask, and it will be given to you, seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you, some would say on the up opposite side, well, that can't be real because I read the text and that hasn't happened to me because that's been all of our experience, right? We've all prayed for things and said, yes, I want to be taller. I want this. I want that. And we didn't get it. And so there's a, there's a part of us that goes, okay, well, I read that. It can't be real then. You have to watch that. That's not what the text means here because there's plenty of times where you can read through scripture and look at something and know that it's true and go, well, I just haven't experienced that. Okay, so some people can read the Bible and it can talk about salvation. And it can talk about, hey, God can take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God can, can make you into a new creation. You can have a new life. You can have forgiveness. You can have grace and mercy poured out on you. And some people can read that and go, well, I haven't experienced that. Well, that doesn't mean it's not real. Because a number of people have had that moment where they've said, yes, I understand that God is good, that I'm not. I want to turn away from that. I want to follow Christ. So just because you read it and haven't experienced it doesn't make it not real. There's plenty of times where you read through the Bible and you can find things about joy, satisfaction, identity, all of these things and go, man, I'm wrestling with that. I'm struggling with that. I don't find that. It doesn't mean that it's not real. Real joy, not just happiness, comes through a relationship with Christ. The, the ability to overcome 
whatever it is in your life, comes through Christ. We find a new identity in Christ. Like, just because we read that and go, well, I've asked, didn't happen. That doesn't mean that it's not real. We have to be careful with that. But here's another thing. You don't always want that to be real at a text value. If you take this at face value, a couple of things happen. One, if you just get to ask, yeah, then God becomes the genie. You can ask for whatever you want. Even if he doesn't want to give it, he has to. And what happens there? You just became God. You don't want that. <laughs> like if you ask something and always think, I need to have yes as an answer, then you'd be God. If God doesn't want to do something in your life and yet you say, well, I ask it, he's got to do it, well, then you just became God and that becomes unbelievably dangerous. The flip side of that is, okay, what if, what if you always got what you asked for? Man, you would, you would lose your mind in about 30 seconds because you try and solve all the world's problems. I don't know if you've lived through 2020. Um, there's some weird stuff going on <laughs> and it just gets weirder. Like, we've got to stop saying it can get weirder because, or it won't get weirder because it will. There's a sandstorm from another continent blowing in. I mean, come on. Like, what else can happen? Like, if you could try and fix just this year because you could always have your prayers answered, you'd lose your mind. Because you would think, oh, this would fix that, and then something else would come up. Like, we don't get to bully God into saying yes all the time and being... Like, when we say, okay, if I ask, I always get it. Like, we, we don't want that because it would make us lose our minds. So what does this mean? One, I think this shows just how good God is. Because a little bit later, he says, hey, if you, know, if you know how to give good gifts, like if your kid asks for bread, if your kid asks for a gift, you wouldn't give him a serpent. Like, the picture here, like, he was kind of comical last week talking about, you know, the plank in the eye. It kind of gets comical again, like, what dad, when their kid says, hey, will you get me something for my birthday, goes, yeah, here's a rattlesnake, like, just throws it out there. Like, that, no one does that. But here's the flip side of that. What happens if your kid asks for a serpent? What happens if your kid asks for a snake? And I don't mean in that if you own snakes, that's between you and God, but that's never going to happen in our house but what if your kid asks, I don't mean, an, hey, I want a boa constrictor in a cage. Like, what if your kid asks for a dangerous animal? No one goes, let me give that to you. But they might ask. I think what this shows is just how good God is. Because we may not say, yeah, I'm going to ask for a serpent, but you'll ask for all manner of dumb things in life. That's just a reality. That's part of our broken nature. If we look at our life, some of the things that we might not say, I prayed for that, um, but you might have semi-prayed for that. You might have really wanted that because you thought this, this is going to bring satisfaction. This is going to bring happiness. This is going to make me fulfilled in life. This is the thing that's finally going to do it. And the reality is it's not. In fact, sometimes it's dangerous. Like sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's a thing, it's a job, it can be whatever. But we've asked for certain things that we would look at later in life and go, that was a serpent. And God is so good that he goes, no, I'm not giving you that. Because I know it's dangerous. He doesn't give those. And as much as it pains me to say, you know, I know we're in Texas, 
I'm not a huge country music fan. I know there have been debates about that literally this week. Um, but Garth Brooks was kind of right. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And some of you are singing that. You'll be singing that the rest of this message. And so some of you may online just turn this message off and bring up iTunes. But he was kind of right in that because God's good. And God knows, hey, you may ask for certain things, but at times I'm going to have to tell you no. Now, the flip side of this is if we know God's word and we know God's will, the answer yes comes up a little more often. And here's what I mean by that. Prayer requires intensity, passion, and persistence. Intensity, passion, and persistence. Those need to be the hallmarks of our prayer life. And so he says, ask and it will be given to you. When we see the word ask, you need to think intensity. When we ask something, we need to raise our level of intensity beyond what we normally operate in. Like, I don't know what intensity looks like for you. I know what it looks like for me. There are certain times where I just get amped up and ramped up to a point where I'm a little bit hard to control. In fact, years ago, I went to the movies with about a dozen of my friends. We watched the movie 300. Just Really, really in shape dudes fighting for two hours. I mean, it was one of those things where you just can't walk out of that not feeling manly. And at the time, I was a little more Spartan and a little less dad bod. And so when I got done watching that movie, I just started running home. I lived eight miles away from the movie theater. My friends were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to jog home. Why? Because I'm a man. That's why. Like, I'm going to run to my house because that is what is required of me right now. They basically had to kidnap me and put me in the car to take me back home. Like, that level of intensity where you just get ramped up and you get excited about something needs to happen in our prayer life. We talked a little bit about this morning just singing. There's times where we look dead. <laughs> like, we don't get excited. And when it comes to our prayer life, a lot of times you think about praying as this solemn moment. And it is a lot of times. But that solemn moment needs to have intensity with it. You need to ask with intensity. And you need to ask the right question. A lot of times when we ask, we ask for things that, yes, they may materially or from a pleasure standpoint bring something to us. But the first question I would say you need to ask when it comes to prayer is, does this bring God glory? And if it does, pray intensely for it. Get excited about it because that is a great and ultimate question. Okay, does this bring God glory? If it does, then yes, by all means, I want to pray about it. I want to be a part of it. Does this not bring God glory? Well, then why would I want to be there? Like God's invited us to play and be a part of what he's doing. We want to be on the side of what brings him glory. And so when it's things like our pantry, like do I want to be a part of that? Yes, because we get the opportunity to serve and love on people in our community. When I think about missions, do we want to be a part of that? Most certainly, because that is taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. When, it, when we think about, like, planning churches in our area, that was a conversation I had earlier this week with somebody. Like, I, I really would love to see us plant some churches, not just South Point, but churches outside of our community. And do I think that's going to bring God glory? Yes, and so I pray about that. I want to get excited. I want to ask the right question. And when we do that, we need to do it intensely. Because the reward when you ask is receiving. Like when you ask the right question, does this bring God glory? Is this something that he's going to get excited and say yes to? The reward of that is receiving. And receiving is a good thing. 
When your Father in heaven owns the cattle on a thousand hills, when your God in heaven created all of this, receiving from him is an unbelievable reward. And so we ask with intensity, and then we have a passion as we seek. It says, seek and you will find. We seek and we have to have a passion for God's word and God's will. Just frankly stated, if you are passionate about God's word, if you are passionate about following after his will, not just your own, you have a passion for that, the answer is going to be yes to those questions much more often because we want to persistently and like passionately seek after that. When I go know God's will, when I know what that is, I want to be behind that. I want to get excited about that. I want to be passionate about that. I want to seek after that. And if I don't know, I'm going to dig into Scripture. I'm going to dig in to prayer and find out, okay, what is God's will right now? Because everyone wants that, right? Like, we, we, we want God's will to happen. We pray that. Sometimes you have to seek after it. And if it's one of those moments where you go, man, I just, I don't know what's going on here, and I don't feel like I have clarity, well, don't just sit dumbfounded. Let's seek after what his will is. And most often, he communicates that, that through his word. Spend some time in it. He'll talk to you. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. And whenever we seek after it, like finding is the reward there. So you're seeking after what God's will is, and you're seeking after his word. What you find is, okay, you're not having to seek anymore. Hey, I found the answer. And whenever we do that, you really want to find something, that will go back to intensity. Like, if you've ever lost something that's really, really important to you, you know you will really, really go after that, right? Like, I'm not a big jewelry person. I've got a necklace that my mom gave me that I wear, and I've got two rings. And some people even go, hey, that's too many. Um, I've lost them in a sense. Um, I've got a wedding ring. My wife lost her wedding ring once. Um, That's one of those things that you'll go, hey, we got to find that. And, man, we tore a house apart, and we, we were at my father-in-law's for a Christmas and couldn't find it. And we were really sure that, hey, I took it, or she, she took it off when she was making dinner, and somehow it got put in the trash because we dug through the house and was like, man, that, uh, that one was costly. Um, was starting to look, okay, how do we replace this? About six months later, I get a phone call from my father-in-law. He said, I have something for you. And we're like, What? He goes, I found a wedding ring. And we're like, where? He had these candles in his house. And he said, I was in the process of moving some stuff around, and I picked one of the candles up, and I heard this clinging noise, and I looked in it, and there was a wedding ring in it. Yeah, um, one of my kids thought it would be really funny to put a wedding ring in a candle holder. But we found that one. And at the same time, I've lost this one. This one is kind of special to me, and it'll get some boos and jeers and whatnot. It's what's called an Aggie ring. Um, when you graduate from A&M or once you're a senior, <laughs> yes, there, there we go. I wanted people to actually get a good look at it. Um, so that's my ring. Um, it's kind of precious to me. Graduated class of 05 and 06, fun times. Um, just for reference, we also, if you would like to know what it looked like the day I got it, um, there was a day in my world where I had hair, and it was, uh, it was basically bring your little brother to graduation day because I was a lot smaller, too. Um, I lost this ring one time. Um, the way I lost it, I had been at a gym and realized someone stole it. 
And as best that I can tell, um, someone stole it from a bag of mine. And uh, they wore it around. And apparently they, they worked in the construction field. Um, and then they lost it. And this is pretty significant to me. And I was in the process of having to reorder it. And turns out these things are freakishly expensive. And uh, I got a phone call because I'd reported it missing. And, man, I, I had looked, like, when I say I had looked, I tore my house apart. I just about lost a roommate over it, not because I thought he took it, but because I went through all his stuff, um, just thinking, well, maybe I put it there. Um, and, I mean, tore a car apart. I could not find the thing. Like, the intensity level of trying to find something like that's high. And by the grace of God, one day I get a phone call from a university, or my university, and they said, um, this is the, you reported this missing. Um, someone found it. Um, here's her contact information, and across town, whoever had my ring lost it. And by the grace of God, a woman who graduated from A&M was jogging one morning and saw it on the side of the road and didn't pawn it um, because it's worth a good bit. Um, she knew what it was, and she got in contact. The, the hug and the, the thank you that she got was extremely high. Um, she actually took it, had it cleaned for me because it was kind of scuffed up, and uh, I was unbelievably thankful. Man, I had looked intensely, could not find it. Like, but when we look intensely at Scripture, when we look intensely for God's Word, and we look for His will, it's going to produce passion. It's also going to produce um, intensity. And so we, we ask with intensity, we seek with passion, and then we knock with persistence. And he says, knock and it will be open to you. Let me ask this. How persistent are you in prayer? Like there are certain things that you can go, man, I prayed for that a lot. Some of them can be comical. Yeah, I prayed a lot for a girl that was 10 years older than me. Didn't know I existed. I prayed a lot to be taller. We, we have, everybody has whatever that is in your life. And then some people can say, man, I've prayed intensely. Yeah, I know what that looks like. I've been praying for one of my kids. I've been praying for one of my family members. I've been praying for one of my coworkers. I've been praying for my spouse. I've been praying intensely. Some people understand what that is. But I think the question becomes, okay, do we pray like that always? Sometimes I think we make single-sentence prayers, and that's the end of it. And he's saying, no, you got to knock. And if I don't answer, keep knocking. And if I can't hear you, get louder. Like, we don't always pray persistently, and so knocking it's one of those things, if you go up to somebody's house and you know they're there, and you knock, you go, hey, they probably didn't hear me. And so I'm persistent. I knock louder, not to be mean or rude or anything like that, but I know they're there. They want me to come over. And here's the beauty of it. The reward here, when you knock, is entering the kingdom of heaven. Anyone can knock, right? That doesn't always mean the door is going to be open, right? Like, if it's your house, you get somebody that comes up and they knock on your door, you kind of peek out, and you're like, it's a sales guy. You don't always answer that. Here's the beauty. Anyone, any person that's under the conviction of God that, hey, I need that, when they knock, he always answers. That's the reward here. Man, life is crazy, and you finally get to that point, and you go, man, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need him and you're knocking he always answers and so if he's always answering we need to ask for more 
We need to ask for more. We need to pray for more. Our prayer lives need to be bigger. They need to be stronger. We need to ask for more of his will. Because there's a couple of encouragements. One, you're invited to pray. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. These different times. He says, hey, all you've got to do is these things. You're invited to pray these prayers. On top of that, you're promised something. Hey, you'll find, ask, you'll find. Or ask and you'll be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be opened. God makes these beautiful promises when we pray. And I Something I also think is really interesting in this is God meets us on different levels. And here's what I mean by that. I got kids. I got kids that want to be around their parents a lot. Some of you know what that might be like. Okay, they want to find me. Okay, they'll, they'll start asking, where are you? Okay, well, if I don't answer, they're going to start to seek. They're going to begin to go throughout the house. Maybe I'm in my office. They're going to knock on a door. Like, it doesn't matter where you're at. God meets people on different levels when it comes to prayer. This is a beautiful thing. So some people can just, hey, I'm, I'm in this spot, and I'm asking directly, and God's giving me an answer. And then sometimes you go, man, I, I'm just not getting that direct answer, and, and, and I've got to seek. I've got to really pour into God's word. And I've got to spend some time there, and he meets people on that level. And then there's times where you're like, man, God, I need you now. I am knocking, I am knocking, I am persistent. And he meets people there. No matter what level you're on spiritually, no matter if you're walking with God and things are great, or if it's one of those moments you say, hey, it's not so good, and I need to really kind of get back to him, God meets people on different levels. And he hears the prayers of his children no matter what level they're at. And then we just, we need to ask more. So if he's willing to do these things, and we're looking at God's will, okay, well, my prayer this week has been a lot bigger. God, I want you to do some really big, cool things. When it comes to salvation, I want there to be people that are hungry for who God is, and for whatever reason, they show up here, maybe you're inviting them, maybe they drove by, whatever it is, maybe they're listening online, and they go, I need something. Man, my prayer this week has been, God, let this be a place that salvation is seen often. That we proclaim the gospel and there are people that go, that's what I need. It's not stuff, it's not other things in my life, that's what I need. I, mean, I don't know if we're praying that enough. We need to be praying that into our lives. So we need to be praying for salvation. When we look around different things at the church and we go, hey, what would it look like if we had more people serving in our kids area? I know J.D. talked about that this morning, or our student ministry, or tech teams, and all these different things. Like, we talk about that a lot, and our church serves unbelievably well. But what if we just prayed for more? And what if people said, hey, yes, I am ready to take that step. I want to serve in that area. Like, maybe we're just not praying enough, and so I can tell you that's been a huge prayer. Man, that God would bless us. Man, that God would, would send people in growth, and I don't just mean numerically, I mean spiritually that people would grow, that we would see changed lives. Like, are we praying enough, or do we need to pray for more? And the last thing is this. Prayer reminds us that we have a good Father. Look in verse 11. It says, if you then, who are evil, which... I find really interesting because, again, Jesus is talking to a crowd. Jesus did not care about offending. <laughs> Jesus wanted to point people towards something that was much more important, even if that meant a little bit of offense at first. 
Because Jesus has called everyone out and said, hey, you think you're good, you're evil. You are an evil group, but you know how to give something good. You, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And this is where it comes full circle. There's times where we, sometimes we approach God and we bring whatever your father relationship was into the equation or something that you've seen. And look, I'm completely honest, as a father, like there are times where I have not been the best example to my kids. Like, I get upset about stuff. I do things the wrong way. They still see me as a good father. But when we look to God, how much infinitely greater is he? And he's the one that's looking, hey, I want to bless you. I want you to know you're loved. I want you to know that you're forgiven. I want you to experience something better than you can even imagine. That's the kind of prayers we need to have. Prayers that go beyond our own concept of good and great. Into the level when there's a heavenly father that looks at us and says, Hey, you think this is good. I've got something so much better for you. That's what our prayer life needs to look like. So let's pray. God, you are a good father. When we take just a moment to reflect on all the good that you've given us, it is overwhelming. God, literally, if there's anyone in this room or listening right now, we're breathing, and that's a gift. Most of us live a level of comfort that the world can't even imagine. That's a gift. Most of us have health. That's a gift. Like you are a good father, and yet as good as you are, you still say ask. Not in a selfish way, but ask for more of my glory to be poured out. Ask for more of my glory to be made known to you. And so, God, today that is our prayer, that you will show us big things. Things that go so far beyond what we think are good. And so this morning, God, if there is someone and they're just wrestling and struggling with where they're at with you, they've tried to do life and just feels like something is missing, God, that we pray this morning, you would show them just how good you are. And God, you would make them into a new creation. That they would turn away from their old life and say, I want to follow Christ. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. God, that's our prayer. And God, that for believers there would be spiritual growth. That the gospel would continue to go out. God, teach us to pray bigger things. Teach us to ask and seek and knock for bigger things that show us your glory. And we ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.